0: Have you ever heard of Thaddeus Golas? Well, he wrote a book, which as soon as I saw the title in the shop, I knew it was for me. The title of the book was called The Lazy Man's Guide to Enlightenment. Uh, But there are a number of things that he says which hit home quite simply, so simple. One thing, he says, you've got to start with loving yourself if you want to love anyone else. If you don't love yourself, you're wasting your time. And if you think you're not good enough to love, then love yourself for not being able to love yourself. What it really amounts to is you have to start somewhere. We're where we are, as we are. And we do have to start from exactly where we are. Putting it in a a nutshell, we are hypnotized. And we are hypnotized, if you think about it very carefully. It is said that... Suggestion is the basis of hypnosis. It is not, and think about it carefully. I say it 's not if you can prove that it is fine, but you can make any kind of suggestion you like they 're not necessarily accepted, and these, some of these most of these suggestions have no power. They only have power when they are accepted as true, in other words, when they are believed in and i 'm using the word belief here as a conclusion, a conviction. What was it we saw? A dearly held belief, a dearly held idea or something like that. Some people, of course, do hold on to, to, to beliefs and convictions because they're afraid to let go. Now, it might well be fearsome. It might well be that we have to go through doubts and honest doubts before we can know. Now, the point about this I'm trying to get at is that we form conclusions with our reasoning logical mind in the main. And belief is based upon the Scandinavian Norse word lief, which means wish. So when you really say, I believe something, you, uh, you, you are saying, I really wish that this was so. And it is not necessarily so. Belief is not the same. As knowledge, as knowing. An agnostic is one who says, honestly, I do not know. And a Gnostic is one who says, I do know. And you remember Jung as saying, when are, do you believe in God? And he hesitates a moment and says, no, no, I, I, I know there is a God. And Gnostics, the Gnostic religions, the Gnostic religions are based upon the understanding that one can know God, mystically or whatever. This is what I understand, and is that after struggling uh, with ideas and concepts and studying, I don't know how many books of what people had said, I found that I had to throw everything away because what I understood from all this, from what conclusions I had formed, the work I was doing in psychology, I saw that it just was not good enough, all that I knew was useless. And when I did do that, something else happened, something turned my mind upside down, which has, since I have read, has been described by a lot of other people, which I had no idea about this kind of experience before. But I found, you see, it was very much like the kind of experience that's talked about in of body experience, Development of it when you go on to the peak experience—that's another term for it. What happened? Uh, what happens in an out-of-body experience or a peak experience or what have you? It comes about when you can get it. What has led up to it, it comes about usually because there is trouble, because there is some kind of of, of deep trouble very often, a, and the answer to which you just cannot see. In fact, usually. The answer you feel cannot possibly be there. You do not know any way through, and you give up. And when you give up, something happens. Uh, and this is precisely what, what happened to me, and precisely what does happen in an out-of-body experience. It happens to people in this near-death experience. It happened to a friend of ours not so long ago. He collapsed with a heart attack in a store, or rushed to the hospital, Resuscitated, but uh, her heart gave out a couple of times. And uh, she said she saw her father. There was a father, and I met him. He said, Oh, it might turn to come over now. I said, No, it isn't. Don't bugger about. Gone. She now knows about, if you like, there is that which exists after this physical life. And we can experience it. You can experience it while you're still living in the full life of this material world. If you think about several factors, one is giving up your dearly held beliefs, convictions, conclusions, call them what you want. Now, a lot of these we hold, but don't even know we hold them. What happens in our past? We live through our past, what is in the past... We live and we experience that which gives us pleasure. I can see the delight in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and we also experience that which gives us a great deal of pain, or a little pain, or what have you. And we tend to get into the habit of trying to avoid that which gives us pain, or stop it happening, or if it has happened to, change it. And uh, just aim for that which gives us pleasure and we tend to judge that which gives us pleasure as being right and that which gives us pain as being wrong. We categorize it in that way. And what we tend to do, we get into the habit of working towards the future, <coughs> looking for and planning for pleasure and the avoidance of and stopping before it happens that which is going to be liable to give us pain. And what we do, we stretch our past into our future, and we don't live now. This is what tends to happen. We forget the now. Now, all of you here, and everyone in Australia, and in America, south and north, and in Asia and India, they can say in their own languages, each one can say this, and it is perfectly true, I am here now. Now, that is about all that is true that one can say. But we don't live in the now. If you lived just in the now, wouldn't you tend to vacillate and not make up your mind? No, you become, in fact, more decisive. You see, what you're not doing is you're not worrying about what is going to happen. And you're not concerned with your judgment of what has happened uh, in the past. You are concerned with what is going on now and you have no conclusions or beliefs about the past or about what should happen in the future. And if you live truly now, you make your future. Think about this very carefully. All that has happened before this very moment no longer exists. It is only in your memory. It is not reality. It is in your memory. Now, I dare say you will all possibly leave this room tonight unless the ceiling falls down and kills us all, which is a possibility. But you're all, you can think of going home tonight, what you're going to do, Where you park the car or whatever you've done. But that's imagination, that hasn't happened. That's not reality. The only reality is in fact you sitting there listening to me making these noises. That is fact from moment to moment to moment. And the now unfolds all the time in eternity. The eternal now is the the present that is the only time that does exist. but if we 're so concerned in our own mind with what has happened and what is going to happen? I wonder if this can go on. I wonder if that can go on. What you really want, though, is to be a happy, peaceful, contented person. So see yourself like that. A happy, contented, peaceful person. Now, in my experience, this has happened, and it's happened to a number of people. You will go through what can be called a testing time, but it is, it's sorting out. It's sorting out your cherished beliefs, your uh, greatly held ideas because they're going to be sorted out. Some of the things that you believe should and should not be get um, thrown out. So I said they rise to the surface like scum to be skimmed off, and a number of people have afterwards said, I've been going through a lot of scum trouble. I am that I am. Now that, in my understanding, can be just as correctly translated from the Hebrew as I exist because I am existence, or I am existence because I exist. Or I'm life because I'm I'm living, or I'm living because I am life. But what name can I give? What name can I give? And the name came Yava, which is related to the Hebrew verb to be, and it means to be actively present. And as so often happens, there are there's another meaning to it which means that which created beingness. From beingness itself, beingness was created, all life, all existence, which is actively present. There's no time and no place where it ain't. And part of that creativity is mine. If you're in mine and if you sort of uh, tune in and plug in, you needed the, the customers, And the greater mind was there, if you need the customer, this is what you're asking for, this is your creativity, this is your faith, this is your belief about what should be, you've painted the picture, okay, here are the customers, and he sends them in, links them up, people that have the need come along, and you have a need for them, and it happened, but you're fine, yes, you can get what you want, but does what you want really make you... Happy, as we were saying earlier, going into the meaning of words, is based upon, again, a, a, a Norse word I understand, hap, which is concerned with luck. This is nothing to do with luck. I am concerned with peace and contentment, a feeling of rest, bliss. Yeah. And this is what I think, where we have to balance our reason, because we do have to make decisions. We have the ability to make decisions. But every decision we make, I think, should be tempered with, but if it's not right, correct me, put me in the right direction. We get pushed in the right direction. Sometimes we are not not opening our mind enough, and we get really shoved. It happens like that. But, you think about this now. I don't know how many of you accept the idea of Karma, for instance. Action and reaction reap as you sow. And so many people say, oh, I suppose that's my karma, they say, with miserable expression. And I've got to put up with this to the end of my life or something. I've come down, I suppose this life, and all this is, oh. But they won't get any further with that if they don't change their attitude of mind towards that which is happening in the now, in the current present, in the current moment. If at any time you beef about what is happening to you, you are resisting your karma. You're saying, I don't like this, this is wrong. It's not. It cannot possibly be wrong if it is happening to you what is happening at any given moment is there for your good, for your enlightenment, for you to learn from for me to learn from so you say, right you're a rotten swine that hurt me, I didn't like it but I know it's right, thank you very much you know, you can, you can you've can, you got to accept the fact that sometimes you can't accept some of the facts just like old Thaddeus Golas said you've got to love yourself for not being able to love yourself sometimes so, if karma is that which happens every second, you've got to stop and think, why it is happening? If you resist it, if you push it away, it's going to repeat, it's going to repeat, <clears throat> or it's going to stick, and you won't change your way, you won't change your path, until you can honestly say, thank you for everything that occurs, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Now, as I said, I could go on for a long time but I'm going to summarise by reading the whole of this book to you. Once there was a boy who listened to an old man and thus began to learn about the precious present. "'It is a present because it's a gift,' the contented man explained, "'and it is precious because anyone who receives such a present is happy forever.' "'Gosh!' the little boy exclaimed. "'I hope someone gives me the precious present. "'Maybe I'll get it for Christmas.' The boy ran off to play and the old man smiled. He liked to watch the little boy play. He saw the smile on the youngster's face and heard him laughing as he swung from a nearby tree. The boy that was, not the old man. The boy was happy and it was a joy to see him. The old man also liked to watch the boy work. He even rose early on Saturday mornings to watch the little labourer mow the lawn across the street. The boy actually whistled while he worked. The child was happy no matter what he was doing. It was indeed a joy to behold. But when he thought about what the old man had said, the boy thought he understood. He knew about presents, you see, like the bicycle he got for his birthday and the gifts he found under the tree on Christmas morning. But as the boy thought more about it, he knew that the joy of toys never lasts forever. And he began to feel slightly uneasy. "'What,' he wondered, "'is the precious present? "'What could possibly make me happy forever?' "'And he found it difficult to even imagine the answer. "'So he returned to ask the old man, "'Is the present a magic ring, one I can put on my finger "'and make all my wishes come true?' "'No,' he was told. "'The precious present has nothing to do with wishing.' "'As the boy grew older, he continued to wonder, "'and he went to the old man,' "'Is the precious present a flying carpet?' he inquired. "'One that I could get on and go any place that I liked?' "'No,' the man quietly replied. "'No. When you have the precious present, "'you will be perfectly content to be where you are.' "'The boy was becoming a young man now, "'and he felt a bit foolish for asking. "'But he was uncomfortable, "'and he began to see that he was not achieving what he wanted. "'Is the precious present?' he slowly ventured a sunken treasure." "'perhaps rare gold coins buried by pirates long ago.' "'No, young man,' the old man told him, "'it is not. "'The richness is rare indeed, "'but the wealth of the present comes only from itself.' "'And the young man thought for a moment, then he became annoyed. "'You told me,' the young man said, "'that anyone who receives such a present would be happy forever. "'I never had such a gift as a child.' i'm afraid you don't understand the old man responded you already know what the precious present is you already know where to find it and you already know how it can make you happy you knew it best when you were a small child and you have simply forgotten the young man went away to think but as time passed he became frustrated and finally angry he eventually confronted the old man "'If you want me to be happy,' the young man shouted, "'why don't you just tell me what the precious present is "'and where to find it?' the old man volleyed. "'Yes, exactly,' the young man demanded. "'I would like to,' the old man began, "'but I do not have such power. No one does.' "'Only you have the power to make yourself happy,' the old man said. "'Only you. "'The precious present is not something that someone gives you. "'It's a gift that you give yourself.' "'The young man was confused.' But determined, he resolved to find the precious present himself, and so he packed his bags. He left where he was and went elsewhere to look for the precious present. After many frustrating years, the man grew tired of looking for the precious present. He'd read all the latest books, and he'd looked in the Financial Times and the Yeovil Evening Papers, and he looked in the mirror and into the faces of other people. He'd wanted so much to find the precious present, he'd gone to extraordinary lengths. He'd look for it at the tops of mountains and in cold, dark caves. He'd search for it in dense, humid jungles and underneath the seas. But it was all to no avail. His stressful search had exhausted him. He even became ill occasionally, but he didn't know why. The man returned wearily to the old man's side. The old man was happy to see him, They often laughed out loud together. The young man liked to be with the old man. He felt happy in his presence. He guessed that this was because the old man felt happy with himself. It wasn't that the old man's life was so trouble-free. He didn't appear to have a lot of money. He seemed to be alone most of the time. In fact, there was no apparent reason why he was so much happier and healthier than most people. But happy he was. And so were those who spent time with him. Why does it feel so good to be with him? The young man wondered. I wonder why. And he left wondering. After many years, the once young man returned to inquire further. He was now very unhappy and often ill, and he needed to talk with the old man. But the old man had grown very, very old. And all too soon he spoke no more. The wise voice could no longer be heard. The man was alone. At first he was saddened by the loss of his old friend, and then he became frightened very frightened. He was afraid that he would never learn to be happy until he finally accepted what had always been true. He was the only one who could find his own happiness. The unhappy man recalled what the happy old man had told him so many years ago, but as hard as he tried, he could not work it out. He tried to understand what he'd heard. The present has nothing to do with wishing. When you have the present, you will be perfectly content to be where you are. The richness of the present comes from its own source. The present is not something that someone gives to you. It is something you give to yourself. The unhappy man was now tired of looking for the precious present. He'd grown so tired of trying that he simply stopped trying. And then it happened. He didn't know why it happened, when it happened. It just happened he realized that the precious present was just that, the present. Not the past and not the future, but the precious present. In an instant the man was happy and he realized that he was in the precious present. He raised both hands triumphantly into the cool fresh air. He was joyous for the moment, but then just as quickly as he discovered it, he let the joy of the present moment evaporate. He slowly lowered his hands, touched his forehead and frowned. The man was unhappy again. Why, he asked himself, didn't I see the obvious long ago? Why have I missed so many precious moments? Why has it taken me so long to live in the present? As the man remembered his fruitless travels around the world in his search for the precious present, he knew how much happiness he had lost. He had not experienced what each special time and place had to offer. He had missed a great deal. And he felt sad. The man continued to berate himself, and then he saw what he was doing. He observed that he was trapped by his guilt about his past when he became aware of his unhappiness of his being in the past he returned to the present moment and he was happy but then the man began to worry about the future will I he asked be able to know the joy of living in the precious present tomorrow then he saw he was living in the future and laughed at himself He listened to what he now knew, and he heard the wisdom of his own voice. It is wise for me to think about the past and to learn from my past, but it is not wise for me to be in the past, for that is how I lose myself. It is also wise to think about the future and to prepare for my future, but it is not wise for me to be in the future, for that too is how I lose myself. And when I lose myself, I lose what is most precious to me. It was so simple, and now he saw it present nourished him. But the man knew it was not going to be easy. Learning to be and remain in the present was a process he was going to have to do over and over and over again and again and again until it became a part of him. Now he knew why he had enjoyed being with the old man because the old man was totally present when he was with the younger man. The old man was not thinking about something else or wishing he was somewhere else. He was fully present. And it felt good to be with such a person. The younger man smiled at himself the way the old man used to smile. He knew. He knew. I can choose to be happy now or I can try to be happy when or if. The man chose now. And now the man was happy and he felt at peace with himself. He agreed to savour each moment in his life the apparently good and the apparently bad. Even if he didn't understand for the first time in his life, it didn't matter. He accepted each of his present moments on this planet as a gift. I know that some people choose to receive the precious present when they are young, others in middle age, and some when they are very old. Some people sadly never do. I can choose to receive the precious present whenever I decide to. As the man sat thinking, he felt fortunate. He was who he was, where he was, and now he knew he would always be who he was, where he was. He listened again to his thoughts. The present is what is. It is valuable, even if you do not know why. It is already just the way it is supposed to be. When I see the present, Accept the present and experience the present. I am well and I am happy. Pain is simply the difference between what is and what I want it to be. According to my judgment, when I feel guilty over my imperfect past or I am anxious over my unknown future, I do not live in the present. I experience pain. I make myself ill and I am unhappy. My past was the present and my future will be the present. The present moment is the only reality I ever experience. As long as I continue to stay in the present, I am happy forever. Because forever is always the present. (laughs) The present is simply who I am, just the way I am right now, and it is precious. I am precious. I am the precious present. It was as though he could hear the old man talking and then he smiled and his smile widened and he laughed and he felt a great joy. He knew he was listening, not to the old man, but to himself, to the wisdom from within. It felt good for him to be with himself just the way he was. He felt he knew enough, he felt he had enough, he felt he was enough. Now, he had finally found the precious present. And he was completely happy. Several decades later, the man had grown into a happy, prosperous and healthy old man. And one day a little girl came by to talk to him. She liked to listen to the old man, as she called him, but he was fun to be with. There was something special about him, but she didn't know what it was. And one day the little girl began to really listen to the old man. Somehow she sensed something important in his calm voice. He seemed very happy. The little girl couldn't understand why. How could someone so old, she wondered, be so happy? She asked, and the old man told her why. Then all of a sudden, the little girl jumped up, squealed with delight. And as she ran off to play, the old man smiled, for he heard what she had said. Gosh, she said. I hope someday someone gives me the precious present. <laughs> there, what can you have more simply, more straightforwardly, and more truly? But all the answers are not what anyone else gives you. All the answers, the true answers come from within. Why are we our own worst enemies? <clears throat> Why do we need to be? Why are we? Because we, we expect too much. We want much for ourselves to start with. We desire too much and we think of ourselves as being so separate. That when I, you will find, if you haven't done it, if, if you've done it before you know, you might have only had a flash of it, but you know that when you do live in that now and, 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 and you're centered in that now, you're part of all that is. You're part of everything. You, you, you don't want anything for yourself. You've got it all. People in some of these exercises get to the state where they are aware that they, everything is known. They're part of bliss and a peace. And they know everything. They come back to this consciousness. It's all gone. But if they start feeling frustrated, the frustration factor tells you that you're not accepting what is If you do, that's what you had, that's what you've got now, and you accept it, that is the situation, you'll find that all knowledge comes in this three-dimensional time and space as it is needed, moment by moment. But you're aware that it's all known and it's there for you to have. But if you're frustrated and you're saying, it's wrong that I haven't got it now, then you're stopping it, you're blocking it. Think of the future, but... Make sure it's only professional plans. You go ahead to do whatever you can to bring about that which you honestly understand to be the right thing. Or well, if you're not <coughs> absolutely sure whether it's right wrong, or doesn't matter. It's, there are a number of things which could be right and you're not sure which. Get, you know, ask for guidance if you like. You'll get it. You'll get it. To accept what is, couldn't it lead to apathy, to not change anything? And life's changed, isn't it? from moment to moment, life changes and you're ready for all those changes certainly anything but apathetic I can tell you (laughs) you've got to start with what is there's another old prayer which comes into it, God grant me the wisdom or God grant me the strength to change that which can be changed, to accept that which cannot be changed and the wisdom to know the difference now the point is here that you don't need to ask God for that, you've got it with you here and now what stops this working What stops you letting God work through you with this is that so often you make excuses because you don't want to do what you know ought to be done or it'll cause much more trouble if I do. I shall upset somebody else and I shall upset this person. All this will make it far worse. I'd better stay nothing. That's making an excuse. That's not wise at all. And that's not having the courage to change what you know should be changed. And the more you do that, the more you mm. blur the edges and the wisdom doesn't grow. So you, you get less and less wise the more excuses you make for not doing what you know you should. And if you live in the now, you're not worried about the results of what might happen if you do what you know you should do now. Anything but apathetic is exactly the opposite dangerous phrases that anyone can use or thoughts that one can think is I could never do that.